Well, we're excited. Jason, you, please come on, come on down. Clap it up for Jason if, if you can. It's always nice. I mean, I don't want you to clap for me coming up because that would be awkward every week, right? But when we have a guest speaker, I mean, it's, it, it does the heart much. So we just uh, we, we got to know Jason a couple months ago uh, through Jose, and our hearts were just knitted together and speaking a lot of the same language. And um, We've been hanging out all day yesterday, went for a little hike and, uh, over in Valley Forge, just getting in touch with the history of the area and just speaking what the Lord is doing in, uh, in, in, our, in our day. And, uh, you know, his, his, so much. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not even going to talk. I'm not even going to do the pastor thing, right? The pastor just needs to, like, give a little sermon at before he comes up. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to allow Jason to proclaim what the Lord has given him because it's fire. Hallelujah. Thank you for having me. And you guys have hosted me so beautifully. And I've just fallen in love with you and, and your family, your, 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 your sweet baby girls. And Jose, I was here for your birthday. Now I'm here for Dana's and the baby dedication. Come on, somebody. I mean, I don't know how that happened. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm just going to be me. Cool? So let's lift our hands. Yeah, yeah. Because, oh, worship is a response. It's a response to the revelation of Jesus. And, and everybody responds differently and engages differently. And, and that's actually the beauty of Jesus and the beauty of the body. And I was thinking as I was sitting there, I was thinking about Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 49, when, you know, the Pharisees invited Jesus to their house, and, and he came. That's just how amazing he is. <laughs> You you ask him to come. He's he was actually there before you showed up. So you know, <laughs> he's always previous. God is always previous. And you know, he showed up, but the the very ones who invited him to come, they didn't recognize him when he showed up. But this lady who we can tell by the scripture um, that she has a story, she has a testimony, she found out he was going to be there. Now, custom says that a woman couldn't come into that room, and, and many believe possibly she might have been a prostitute. Many, many, no matter what, we know she had a story because... All of the men in that room were like, oh, well, if he were a prophet, he would know who she was. You know, the cool thing is he knew exactly who she was. Yeah, <laughs> he knew exactly who she was. She came into that room because she knew he was going to be there. It's fantastic. And she didn't come empty-handed. Some of you may know the story. Some of you may not. But many believe that you know she was a, a prostitute or a lady of the street, what, whatever. And Jesus was in this house with these leaders, and it was improper for her to break the protocol, if you will, and come in that room. But she did. custom was also when you went to someone's house you would wash their feet when they showed up from their journey you know you would give them some perfume for their journey and so on well this lady man there was a door of opportunity for her to encounter Jesus and she went in that door 
She brought the most expensive thing she had. She had this little alabaster box of, of oil, you know. And there's so many different takes on it. Some people believe that was supposed to be saved for the day that she would marry for her husband. So it was a very intimate thing. Some people even believe that could have been her inheritance. No, nonetheless, she, she didn't just come. She actually brought something. So, so fantastic. And so she walks up to Jesus and, and kneels at his feet. And she breaks the alabaster. She, she didn't just open it. And, and, and hey, any of us can do this. We, we come and we open ourselves just enough. Because, you know, when you open it, you can control how it pours out, yeah? Because we want to be proper and poised and, you know. No, worship is messy. It's messy. Because it's a heart response. <laughs> it's personal. It's from your gut. It's like, I'm giving you everything I have. Like, it's not just something I do. It's... It's who I am by the very fiber of my being and my story and everything that comes along with it. It's much more than, it's so much, it's so much, it's so much more. It's your life poured out, you know. She didn't just open the box, pour a little bit out. No, she, she broke it. Because when you're broken, you can't control how it pours out. It's messy. That's worship that shifts atmospheres. Because when she broke the box, the fragrance shifted the entire atmosphere. Everyone encountered her worship. Jesus met a woman at a well. I love this story. You know, Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. <laughs> you know, Moses met his wife at a well. Abraham met his wife at a well. Isaac met his wife at a well. Here's a prophetic picture of Jesus encountering his bride at a well. Who had been married five times and now she's with a sixth man. Six is the number of man. Come on, somebody. But this seventh man she encounters is her bridegroom. Come on, somebody. You know, it's like. <laughs> and she had just enough theology that she had a question about worship, you know. <laughs> well, they say we're to worship on this mountain, and, and they say we're to worship on this mountain. You know, she had some theology. But what do you say? And I love this. Stay with me. We're going on a journey. I've been waiting to be here for some time now. <laughs> he said, well, there's coming a time, and now is. Everybody say, now is. Just turn to your neighbor and say, now is. Okay? All right. Okay. Okay. All right. I ain't talking about tomorrow. I'm talking about right now it is. Okay? Now is. When those who worship me will worship me in spirit and in truth. Now, what would that look like? What would that sound like? In spirit. Hey, what's happening inside of you right now? Are you crying? It's simple. Cry. Are you laughing? Laugh. Somehow in the past year, I've, I've been termed the uh, Mad Hatter of worship. <laughs> it's quite funny, actually. <laughs> I decided I'd take it. <laughs> because I laugh, I cry, I, 
beatbox. I started off as a rapper. Did you know that? Yeah. My rap name was Jay Love. Mm -hmm. My wife still calls me that. <laughs> Why? Because whatever is happening in me, I have to let it out. In spirit and in truth. That's worship that shifts atmospheres. What was in that alabaster, when she broke it, it poured out. And it shifted the atmosphere. In fact, it so touched Jesus. At the end of my days, I would love for this to be said about me. That Jesus said, he did something beautiful for me. It's more than what we've made it. It's a beautiful invitation into a holy romance. So, for a few moments, my friends, may we just, if you want to lift your hands, great. If you don't, whatever. But let's just respond to Jesus for a minute. Let's just in this holy moment not be like those leaders that didn't recognize he was in the room, but be those that actually know God. I don't want to just know good stories. I wrote this thing not long ago. I, 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 I said, it's madness, really. My obsession is for you to fill me with authentic glory, not others' testimonies. But the tangible reality that you're the Christ and you live inside of me, intimacy. Not that I may grow my ministry or be a better me, but I may know you fully. <sighs> so let's lift our hands for a moment just in this atmosphere and just begin whatever don't miss this moment. I know you may be a little uncomfortable, and that's perfect because worship is a sacrifice. And just begin to bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. In all that's within me, I will bless your name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not. Yeah, see? There's the key. Forget not all his benefits. Who heals all our dis diseases and forgives all of our sins. Right now, just begin to, whatever it looks like for you, just begin to respond. Some of you are weeping. I, I see it on your face. Let it out. Be free. Be free. Be free, just be free to respond. There's no, we have no agenda this morning but Jesus. Where would we be right now? Where would you be? Think about it. Let yourself go there. Let yourself go there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just let it out. Let your voice out. Come on. Let your voice. Let everyone else encounter your worship right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just let it pour out. Let it pour out. Let it pour out. Are you desperate for a touch? Man, I tell you, I'm desperate every time. <laughs> yeah, 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 Jesus. Yeah, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Where would we be right now, God? Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. All, all, all that's, all that's within me. Every fiber of my being, God. Every fiber of my being, Abba. Hey! Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, 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 come on. Yeah, go deep with me. Go deep with me. Go deep with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Man, my wife was given three months to live when she was 16 years old. That was 36 years ago. I've adopted two children. My son was born blind and God healed him. I've adopted a 14, I've adopted a daughter. Her heart she had a birth defect, and they were going to do open-heart surgery, and God healed her. I just went through stage 4B throat cancer. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I don't know your story, but that's mine. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. All that's within me, all that's within me, all that's within me, all that's within I will not forget, I will not forget, I will not forget, I will not forget. God, your loving kindness, oh God, your loving kindness is better than life. Therefore, the children of men will put their trust in the shadow of your wings. God, I will sing of your loving kindness. I will sing of your goodness I will sing yeah 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 sit there baby say that about just yeah 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 let it soar let it soar let it soar you you be you <laughs> respond that's the important thing yeah, 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 yeah. Seda da da ba ba ye na 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 ki. Seda da da ba sete ki. Yeah, yeah. Just stay in this place, and I'm gonna read this to you this morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna read this to your spirit. This might be a little different kind of service than maybe you're used to, but that's okay. This is more about impartation. Hey, yeah, something otherworldly is going to happen to us this morning. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9, since we heard about you, we've kept you always in our prayers. And listen to this language. This is from the Passion Translation that you would receive. The perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your lives. My goodness. My goodness. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. You know, a teacher of the law came to Jesus and he said, you know, and his heart was pure. You know, he was like, tell me, you know, how, how, how do I get eternal life? And, and Jesus said, well, <laughs> what's written in the law? How do you read it? You know, he, it was a sincere question, I'm sure. All of us today want to know. So he, he was probably looking for, hey, give me A, B, C, one, two, three. Just, you know, that's how he thinks. You know, he's like, just tell me how to do it. And Jesus said, no. How do you read this book? You see, it's not a mental ascent. I can't convince you to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. I can only introduce you to my friend who I'm fallen passionately in love with. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Passion. Love your neighbor as yourself. Compassion. Jesus was crucified in Golgotha, the place of the skull. We need to be crucified in the place of the skull. You can't convince yourself. It's a holy romance. God is love by his nature. Come on, somebody. His love is perfection. You can't make him love you more and you can't make him love you less. It's perfect. Thank God it is.
the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your lives. Hmm. Making you reservoirs of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding. Wow. We pray that you would walk in the ways of righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing you do. Then you will become fruit-bearing branches, yielding to his life and maturing. And here it is. In the rich hey, experience of knowing God in his fullness. Don't you want to know him like that? I do. We can know him this way. Talking about a dead man walking. Come on. And we pray that you would be energized with all his explosive power from the realm of his magnificent glory. Filling you with great hope. The world needs some hope today, yeah? We can't give what we don't have. You become what you behold. The world needs hope. We need to behold hope. The world needs peace. We need to behold peace. The world needs patience. When they told me that I had stage 4B throat cancer and that I was going to go through 35 radiation treatments and 6 chemo treatments, <laughs> I, uh, I looked at my wife and I said, this will be the greatest upgrade of our family. What? I said, yeah. Because anytime there's trauma, anytime there's chaos, it gives you an opportunity to go up and into the revelation of Jesus. And it's a win-win. And I took my kids to our living room. We have the fruit of the Spirit on the wall. And I said, this is how we're going to fight. This is how we're going to fight. 35 radiation treatments. I have patience. Hey! Those that walk in the Spirit, they are the sons of God. So, 35 radiation treatments, I have patience. Six chemo treatments, I have long-suffering. Pandemic, I have patience. Come on, somebody. When you're walking in this realm, everything looks different. Come on, somebody. You can't kill a dead man. He's already dead. When I'm possessed and walking in the spirit, that's the fantastic thing that happened on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 and... Suddenly, there was a, a sound of a mighty rushing wind, and then it sat on them. What would, what would happen if God sat on you this morning? Come on, somebody. Mm -hmm. And we have moves of God named after Acts chapter 2. We have schools named after Acts chapter 2. We have CDs and books named after Acts chapter 2. But see, you don't get Acts chapter 2 until you have Acts 1-8 where he says, you know, go up into the city. He says, behold, I'm going to give you power to be my witnesses into Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. But see, he wasn't talking about the signs and wonders because the word witness actually translates martyr. He said, I'm going to give you power to be my martyr. See, that's not popular, but it's the truth. Because <laughs> they had just seen him give his life and die. He was saying, I was your perfect example. Jesus didn't die so you wouldn't have to. He died so you could. If you want to live, you have to die. If you want to find life, you have to lose it. That's the paradox of the gospel. So those men showed up ready to be killed for their faith. That's where dead man walking comes from. Here I stand, I'm a burning man. Why? Because... 
No sacrifice, no fire, no fire, no glory. And see, we can live and move and have our being in this realm, but we have to yield. But when you've tasted the realm of his magnificent glory, you're compelled by love. It's not do's and don'ts. It's not discipline. It's delight. Can you imagine living in the delight of Jesus? Living in his fullness? People ask me, man, with your schedule, I can't believe you don't burn out. I'm like, how could I burn out? I'm in love. Sometimes I play piano and lead worship for, man, I've been with Heidi, me and Heidi Baker out on the boat, that little piano, and we're on the boat, and we're worshiping for like four or five hours, and the tide's going, and my wife's holding my keyboard so it won't go in the ocean. I'm not there because I have to be. I get to be there, man. This isn't work for me. I'm in love. <laughs> Absolutely, wholeheartedly, without reservation. It's pure joy. Ay, 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 ay. Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. He has rescued us completely from tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us, here it is again, into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son all our sins are canceled and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. Here's where it gets good. He who, Jesus, is the divine portrait, the likeness of the invisible God, and the firstborn heir of all creation. For through the Son, everything was created, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth. All that is seen and all that is unseen. Every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority. It was all created through Him and for His purpose. Who? Jesus. He's the point. Come on. He's the point. He is the head of the body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. Meoteos. Back to its original intent here it is and back to innocence again i feel like what jesus wants to do this morning is baptize us in innocence again i was sharing with him he asked me what i feel the lord's really releasing and in these past few weeks, I, I have just been engulfed, baptized in mercy. God told Moses, I'll speak to you from above the mercy seat in between the cherubim. There's lots of sounds happening today. There's lots of voices. There's a lot of noise. And we have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit to hear what he is thinking and what he is feeling. The world is eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Even the good of that tree was bad. But in that tree, there was no mercy. So we have this movement speaking against this movement. We have this politician speaking against this politician. We have this race speaking against this race. We have all this stuff. The nations are raging. And there's a lot of voices. 
But here's what the Lord is saying. See, we don't just need another message. And we don't just need another service. We don't just need information. We need a revelation. We need an encounter with the Lord Jesus. Jeremiah lived in a time just like we are. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. But his name also means appointed one. And creation is groaning for the sons of God to be unveiled, revealed in the earth. That word son there actually means weos. It actually means mature son. Galatians chapter 4 verse 1, giving you just a little context here, says that as long as the heir, so this person's an heir, this means this person's in the church, in the kingdom, as long as the heir stays a child, which means nepios, immature son, he differs nothing than a slave. Though he's Lord of all, he's been given everything. He's an heir, but he's living like a slave. Hallelujah. But creation is groaning for mature sons of God to be revealed. Those walking in their birthright. Do you know that you're no threat to the enemy just getting saved? It's great. I mean, we want everybody saved. But it's not like Satan and Jesus have this contest like, you know, who's going to get, who's going to get, you know, 10,000 saved today? That, that, no, no, no. You're a threat when you're walking in your birthright. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, for you are a chosen Everybody say, I'm chosen. Generation. A royal priesthood. There it is. That's the double portion. You're a king and you're a priest. That's the birthright. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Come on, somebody. He's calling us higher. And in Jeremiah, it says this. Hey, this is why I'm here today. Jeremiah 31, verse 6, it says this, For there shall be a day when the watchmen upon Mount Ephraim shall cry, Come, arise, let us go up to Zion. He's calling us higher. Here's another one. Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 4. In those days and in that time, says the Lord, listen to this. The children of Israel shall come. They and the children of Judah together, weeping. And they will say, show us the way to Zion. Come and let us join ourselves to the Lord in a perpetual covenant that shall not be forgotten. And then he says this, My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have gone astray. They've turned them away from the mountain to the hill. We've left the high place and we've settled for the low place. And there's a generation now, there is a people saying, Show us the higher way. Come on, somebody. Come. Let us go up. Let us go up. Let us go up to Zion. Let us go higher. Things look different from that atmosphere. John chapter 4. John's in prison. He's in prison. He's in, possibly in chains. He's seen his friends martyred. He had crazy ups and downs with his walk with Jesus. Who hasn't? But I mean, think about it. He walked with Jesus. He saw the miracles. He saw him raise the dead. He saw him arrested. Saw him beaten. Saw him carry the cross. 
saw the nails in his hands, sees him buried, and then sees him raised from the dead. I mean, talk about some ups and downs in your walk with the Lord, yeah? And now he's in prison, and what happens? In the middle of chaos, a doorway opens. And Jesus says, hey, John, come up here. Come up now. Yes, there's a lot happening in the world, but we need to be those watchmen that say, okay, let's don't deal with, let's live from a higher revelation. When you walk in the spirit, the Bible says against that there is no law. We've been caught up in the noise. But we have to be the very mercy seat. We have to be the mercy seat to a lost and dying world. We have to be peace. We have to be grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Higher. Higher. He's calling us higher. But listen to me. Realm. That magnificent glory realm that we were reading about. Realm comes from revelation. And revelation is positional. You have to position yourself. When I was going through cancer, every week, Heidi Baker would call me. Jason, I'm going to read Psalm 91 from the Passions Translation. And one day, it hit me so hard. When you're seated in the shadow of Shaddai, you're covered in the strength of the God Most High. Listen to the language. When you're seated in the shadow of Shaddai. When you're seated in the shadow of Shaddai. That promise doesn't belong to everybody. You see, all things have been given to you, but it doesn't belong to you at any given moment. It comes by revelation. And revelation is positional. Thank God we have an invitation to behold him face to face. And as we behold him, we're changed into the very same image from glory to glory to glory. Every time we see him, we go higher. This is why it says, with unveiled face, beholding him. We have so many veils. We have so many perverted lenses broken lenses so we're not seeing clearly you become what you behold and if you can't behold him then you don't become more like him in Zechariah chapter 3 this is where I was bringing us this is the scripture that got me through cancer <laughs> I've told you already 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. So anytime we see a priest or a king, we see a picture of ourselves. So in Zechariah chapter 3, it says Joshua the priest was standing before God in dirty garments. And Satan was next to him accusing him. So here's the priest, for whatever reason, we don't know, it doesn't tell us. We don't know what those dirty garments were, or we don't know what the accusations were. We don't need to. God did, but you know what God said? He looked at Satan and he said, no, uh-uh. Satan, the Lord rebukes you. Is this not my chosen? Hey! A brand plucked out of the fire. This is my chosen one. So I was going through cancer. I mean, I'm literally in my recliner that my wife cannot stand. 
I was laying on the couch, and then her mama and her aunt came over and said, Gina, he's, he's laying on the couch coughing up blood. You need to get him a recliner. And she goes, oh, no, ain't no recliner coming in my house. Do you know the next day they showed up with a big old recliner? And they're like, he needs it. And she's like, I don't know how much longer the recliner is going to last, but it's still there. <laughs> but I was sitting in that recliner, man. I mean, I'm coughing up tumor. And my spiritual father sends me a message, and he said, Jason, he said, read that. Is this not my chosen? A brand plucked out of the fire, and he said, Jason, we need you back, buddy. He kept saying, Brazil needs you back, buddy. Come on. We got to beat this. What do you think that means, Jason? So I wrote the song. I was born in the fire. I've been born again, again. I was forged in revival. I've been raised to life. Amen. So I'd sit at my piano and I'd say, I'm, I'm, I'm chosen. I'm one born in the fire. You can't kill me. God told the angels, he said, he said, angels, take off those dirty garments. That's what God's doing right now. He's restoring your innocence. He's in the room right now. I give you permission. You don't have to wait on an altar call. This is about impartation. God's doing something beyond beyond our imagination. He's taken off dirty garments. Um, since I was nine years old, my mom had a car accident. My mom's paralyzed from her neck down. I've taken care of her since I was nine. I did her hair, her makeup. I'm actually pretty good, ladies. I can do makeup pretty good. I, um, we could do like a little thing at the end or something. <laughs> the night before my mom's car accident, my stepfather beat me beyond measure. I, I was holding my fork wrong and he squeezed the fork in my hand until my hand bled. Kicked me in my stomach and I never knew my real father. But uh, you know, that can become a dirty garment. It can become a, can become a veil. I told you it was going to be deep. But my God, if, if we can heal our view of God, then we can heal ourselves. And then we can help heal the world. See, we get the cart before the horse. This has to happen first. Because you can't give mercy unless you've received it. My God, have I received mercy. So I was messed up for years, man. I didn't know it. <laughs> you don't know it till your eyes open. That's the thing, you know. So for some people in this room, it could be those types of issues, you know. I've been molested. I've been beaten. I mean, I almost got the hat and T-shirt for everything because my stepfather never took care of me. And my mom would lay in the bed while I was in the next room, and he would be beating me, throwing me against the wall, playing Russian roulette with a gun. That's why I worship like I do, because I know where I've come from. And, you know, it's very, it's very personal. It's not a game. It's not just another service. And, I mean, when we, when we can see God clearly, it changes everything. And we can become the living embodiment of the mercy seat because that's where he speaks to his people. And it's the loving kindness of God that draws people to repentance, not beating them over the head. How about show kindness and see what it does? It's, it's, it's so real. Like, it's so tangible. It's, it's, yeah. it's, uh, so for me, man, those dirty garments, 
And then he said, put on a, a new miter, put on a new headdress. What does that mean? We, we, we have to change our mindset. We have to change the way we think, which is the meaning of repentance. It means change the way you think. Change. I love Tozer. I'm sure you've heard it. You know, your first thought of God is the most important thought of your life. Ah, but see, there's the, there's the veil. God is love. It's not something you can work for. You just have to posture your heart. He is kindness. You want to know what he is? Look at the fruit of the Spirit. Look at the definition of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Oh, seriously? Because that's not the picture that the church has given the world. We've given him this, he's benevolent and, you know, he'll just, you know. No, love is patient and love is kind. And love doesn't love to get something. Oh, well, if you'll come and do this, then we'll do this. No. I'll never forget being with Heidi. They put a clip of her on a movie, and this guy was ministering to the poor, and, um, and the guy wanted to get baptized. But he did, no, no, he, no. He wanted food, but the, the minister wouldn't feed him until he prayed the prayer. And Heidi, like, said, oh, no, no, we're going to pray for him. Love doesn't love to get something. It loves because it's love. That doesn't mean you speak truth. Even when Jesus encountered the lady of adultery, I mean, she was put in front of the very mercy seat. He was the only one that could throw a stone, he was the stone. Come on, somebody. But what did he say? He showed kindness and love. And then he said, now go and sin no more. He dealt with it. But it's all in the perspective. But see, if we don't behold him, then we don't become more like him. God's calling us to a higher place. This church is about to go to another level. It's interesting when you look at the children of Israel. For 40 years, they were in the desert. For 40 years, they had a you know, cloud by day, fire by night, manna every day. But when it was time to cross over, God said, no longer. You know, it takes no spiritual discipline, no, no, you know, no higher level. Because, well, every day we have a cloud, and every night we have a fire, and every day we have manna. It takes no spiritual maturity. But then when it's time to cross over, God said, now, when you see the one carrying the ark, follow. When you see the glory, when you see the move of God, you go after it. It's time to go higher. It's time to go higher. So here's Joshua. He's standing before God. But he's dressed in dirty garments and the accuser's right there. So many of us in this room are right there. But God in his kindness says, Satan, the Lord rebukes you. And then he tells the angels, he says, take off those dirty garments. Just do this. Just do this. Yeah. Just do this. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Just do that. He said, take off those dirty garments and put on a white garment. I read you the scripture. And by his blood, he brings all things back to its original intent, back to innocence. I was with Heidi, my wife and my kids were in Mozambique. And every Thursday, we teach in the school, and then we go out to outreach. You go to the bush, and the bush is about here. If you go to the bush bush, you know. 
So here we are in what at one day was one of the most war-torn, poorest nations of the earth, trash in the streets, children begging. I get in the car with Mama Heidi, and she goes, Jason, I want to show you something. I said, okay, Mama. So here I am, my wife, my two kids. We're driving down the road, and all of the sudden, out of nowhere, there is a beauty salon in the middle of the poorest of the poor. It just was an anomaly, yeah? So we, we get out of the car, my wife and I, my kids, and we go in, and there's these beautiful Mozambican women giving the gift of dignity, giving the gift of beauty. I'll never forget it the rest of my life. It was stunning. And when we walked out, Heidi walked over to me, put her arm around me, and said, Jason, did you see that young woman? And she was speaking of the woman who was managing the salon. And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, when I found her, she was tied to a tree being abused day and night. I'll, I'll never forget this rest of my life. I was like, oh. <sighs> Tied to a tree, like called to give beauty. Called to give innocence. Called to give dignity and tied to a tree in slavery. But Heidi and some of the missionaries found her and, of course, rescued her and brought her back to life. So three months later, I'm there again, and I get a message from Heidi. We're going to have a wedding. <laughs> Come to the church. So I go to the church. The place is packed. There was no social distancing, of course, in those days, but there was no personal space either. And we wait, and here comes the bride, and the bride is gorgeous, gorgeous Mozambican bride walks down the aisle. Heidi, Heidi's there. I'm back here, okay? Heidi's up there. She does the wedding. They begin to throw the bride and groom into the air, and next thing you know, Heidi's right here. It was an encounter with Jesus. She puts her arm around me, and she says, did you see that bride? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, when I found her, she was tied to a tree. It was the same girl. And God said, did you see that bride, Jason? And I saw the bride of Christ. Called to give beauty and dignity and honor to restore innocence, to show mercy, to show kindness. But we're, we're tied to so many trees being abused and raped by the world. The Bible says, cursed is any man that hangs upon a tree. Jesus. He didn't just die for you. He died as you. So it's this, it's, it's this crazy paradox. You know, we, we want to see the church mature and we, we want to see things change. But the, pro the problem is, 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 is we, we love your neighbor as your... Now, that one's hard for some people. I mean, come on, you work with missionaries. Most missionaries I know, they'll go lay in front of a car for someone else, but they won't let you even give them anything. Don't know how to receive mercy. Don't know how to receive kindness. Most people in this room, we would do anything for anyone else. But we have to look in that mirror. And we have to be washed hey, by the water of the word 
and delight in his pleasure. And that's not something that can be forced or pushed or manipulated. So many people today are preaching, get in your secret place, get it. You can't, you can't convince. People have to encounter. <laughs> the secret place isn't about building your ministry or building your church or bettering yourself. It's I'm absolutely, helplessly, wholeheartedly in love with Jesus. That changes everything. So Joshua was there, and all of a sudden, God says, take off those dirty garments. And put on a white garment. And put on a new headdress. This is my chosen one. A brand plucked out of the fire. He's in the room right now. Just lift your hands. I just believe he wants to sanctify our shoulders, sanctify our minds. Yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sanctify our, our hearts. Love has been perfected amongst us in this, that in the day of judgment, we have boldness. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Perfect love cast out fear. Wow. We can take that one today, can't we? <laughs> cast out fear. You become what you behold so are you having problems with anxiety? Behold peace right now. Behold peace and become peaceful. Are you having problems with patience? <laughs> Frustrated? Easily agitated? Behold patience and become patient. Behold long-suffering. And become long-suffering. Having problem with lust? Behold holy. Behold purity. Because when we see him, we see who we're to be. We were created to be the image bearers of God. Yeah. Behold love, behold patience, behold kindness, behold mercy. The world needs to encounter mercy today. Ah, yeah, Don Bessie. Yeah, 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 Jesus. How let him that Yeah, 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 Jesus. Yeah, 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 Jesus. Right here, right now, God. Isaiah chapter 60, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness the people. He told us things are going to get dark. But then he gives us the answer. But the Lord rises upon you and the glory appears upon you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And here it is. Lift up your eyes. Mm. And look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on their hip. They will look. Then you will look. And be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. Look at the posture. Then you will look, behold, and be become radiant. Can we stand to our feet? Lift our hands. Yeah. Look. 
to him and become radiant. Look to him and shine. Yeah, right now, God, we just thank you that every person in this room, that you're washing them by the very water of your word. God, I speak to every, every toxic thought, every toxic memory right now in the name of Jesus, and we speak resurrection life, resurrection power. Every spirit of death, every spirit of anxiety, every spirit of depression, we speak resurrection life right here, right now, in the name of Jesus. We say, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. And right now, we declare, Father, the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. And God, I thank you that innocence is being restored right now. And so, as I taught you in the beginning, let's just take a few minutes and begin to respond to him right now. Whatever that looks like for you, whatever he's doing in you, whatever he's doing in you right now, just begin. As you lean into that, you're giving him permission to do more. Jesus, here we are. Here we are, Jesus. 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 Here we are, here we are, here we are. You're restoring innocence, God. God, cleanse our eyes. Cleanse our imaginations, Jesus. We say yes. We say we want to go higher. We want to go higher, God. We want to go higher. Just begin to ask for mercy. Just begin to ask right now. I encourage you. Just begin to ask for mercy. Just begin to ask for mercy. You may want to step out of your seat. You might need to do something you've never done. Come on, come on, whatever that looks like for you. Just for a few more moments, just for a few more moments. Thank you, God. What can wash away our sin? What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. These are not our chosen. These are not the chosen ones. Those plucked out of the fire. And then God, you spoke to Joshua and you said, if you will walk in my ways and keep my charge, I will give you places to walk. God, you have places for every person in this room to walk in the realm of the Spirit, in the magnificent realm of glory, in the, the full knowledge of your pleasure. God, I thank you there is a door open right now for them to enter in and to bring themselves, and to offer themselves. Thank you, God, that some instantly, some in the next few months, even some in the next few years, will realize that this moment was eternal. That a tangible reality of your presence will be weighty on every single person in this room. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're going to be... Uh, Closing up in a moment, and we, of course, have our cafe next door today, but um, we have a, our altar team today that will be up here to just pray with you into these matters and into what the Lord is speaking to your heart. And I just wanted to bring a remembrance to, to one thing that Jason w was bringing forth today. It's really been convicting me. And it's, it's Galatians 5.22, the fruits of the Spirit. There's so much attention, people. There's so much attention on the gifts of the Spirit. 
There's so much attention on what you have to do opposed to, opposed to who you are. There's so much about, like, I need to do this, and this is how I get into the kingdom, and now that I'm saved, I'm going to go lay hands on the sick, and I need to get a word of knowledge, and I need this, and I need this, and I need to read the word, and I need to get a microphone up here, and I need to be able to sing, and all, all of this stuff that we have inappropriately marked as maturity in the Christian walk. But the Lord tells us what it means and what it looks like to truly be born again and to truly be walking in the Spirit. And we have a tendency to just, you know, oh, that's, those are lesser things. I was going to read it over and I'll officially dismiss. But, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, yeah. is peace, long-suffering. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. For if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Lord, I pray that we would just be a people that maybe change our points of view of what marks maturity as a son and daughter, not being able to prophesy, not being able to get a word of knowledge, not being able to pray real loud, but no, actually having gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, joy and peace and love. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Amen. So if we have that altar team, come on down. and Please, if, if, if there are things that you need some prayer for, we want to have a time of impartation for that, please, let's keep this place right here. Just a, a time of, and a presence and a place of just holiness. And if there's some side chatter, that's, that's great. We just ask you to move over to the multi-purpose room uh, or into the lobby. Have a wonderful week, guys. We'll be here Wednesday at 7 o'clock.